0: Hello and welcome to another episode in the Oz Movie Geek Podcast, I'm your host Pato. Today I'll be doing a review of Greyhound, the Sony Pictures film that due to COVID-19 was pushed to Apple TV+, Plus, but it is available now to watch as of July 10th, so I had the chance to see that one and I had some thoughts on it. And I thought, you know, it's a relative new release, let's get stuck into talking about, you know, newer films because... I haven't really had the chance to lately. I'm doing the best I can with what I've got. Um, But there are newer releases coming out at the moment, which has been quite refreshing and quite good to see too. So without further ado, let's get stuck into Greyhound. Take it away, trailer. What are we going to do? We'll bring hell down from on high. Congratulations on your first command at last. I will always be looking for you, Evie. Even if I'm a thousand miles away. Air escort to Greyhound. You will now be out of range of air cover for the next five days. How many crossings does this make? This was my first. I got some. Most likely are you both. He starts the burglar! We have a kill. Distress rocket, sir. We have hits directly on the convoy. The wolf bag's haunting us. You boat starboard bound! We've lost seven ships and 50 souls. What you did yesterday got us to today. It's not enough. Here they come. What are we going to do? We'll bring hell down from on high. So Greyhound was directed by Aaron Schneider and stars Tom Hanks uh, and was written by Tom Hanks as well and also stars Stephen Grain and Elizabeth Shue. And uh, early in World War II, an inexperienced U.S. Navy captain must lead an Allied convoy being stalked by a Nazi U-boat Wolfpacks. Um, so this was a film that... Didn't love the first trailer. Uh, I've said that a few times recently, but this was another one where the trailer didn't really grip me. It looked unfinished when the first trailer came out. Trailer 2, the one I just played then, was definitely a bit, um, bit more polished and felt like more of a complete film. But at the same time, I had faith in Tom Hanks as a writer. Um, he hasn't been fantastic. Uh, he wrote and directed Larry Crown in 2011 with Julia Roberts. And that film isn't very good, Um, but as a performer, and I think his passion for World War II, he was a producer on Band of Brothers and the Pacific with Spielberg, um, but he also starred in Spielberg's, one of his greatest films, uh, Saving Private Ryan. So he definitely has a passion for World War II, and I think the fact that he wrote this film as well really does showcase that passion um, and from a writing perspective, I think he does a good job at creating tension and I think he does a good job of, you know, keeping the plot moving because this is a really fast-paced film, which was I wasn't expecting. After he starred in Sully, the Clint Eastwood 2016 film, which I did like, don't get me wrong, I gave it a positive review. I believe I gave it a 7 out of 10 when it came out. I'd probably stick around that. Um, that film was insanely slow. It had one event and it just played on that event and I was a bit worried about that with this film a lot of uh, Tom Hanks's most recent works, um, especially with Spielberg, with *Bridge of Spies* and um, *The Post* as well, these true story-related films have been quite slow. They're slow in nature, so it makes sense that they are a bit of the slow, you know, the slow burn type of film. Um, but I guess for this film, it needed to be breakneck, you know, quick, fast-paced um, action. And I think for the most part, that was delivered. Like I said, I thought the first trailer sucked for this film. I wasn't too excited to see it. Um, But at the same time, now that it's available on Apple TV+, Plus, it's quite enjoyable, but I think it would be awesome to see in IMAX or even on just a big screen in general. Um, So let's get stuck into the positives I had for this film. Uh, the first is the action set pieces. I've said it before in my underwater review. I'm a huge fan of anything related to the water. It's such a vast and scary place. And I think for people to actually capture, you know, that that vastness and just the, you know, lack of people actually out on the water. There's so many sequences in this film where we have these beautiful sweeping shots of, you know, just nothing. Like it's just water and it's so spooky and eerie and to think that these you know, U-boats, large warships and submarines all fought each other on the water, it's just insane. So I thought that was captured really well. And those action set pieces are really well directed. There's some really great stuff here. A lot of it is computer generated, but you know, for the most part, I thought it looked pretty good. Um, I did have some issues, which I'll get into later regarding the CGI. But for the most part, I thought it looked really good. And I was quite impressed with what uh, Aaron Schneider was able to do with Hanks here. I think that... They really created, you know, the the world of World War Two. You really feel, you know, what the stakes are. You really feel what these guys are trying to accomplish. Essentially, uh, the Greyhound is accompanying a convoy across the Channel to get to Liverpool. So they're going across the Atlantic Ocean there to get to Liverpool, and I think they've got thirty six hours before they get um, the air cover. So that's the stakes of the film. They got thirty six hours where they're on their own. Essentially, they don't have the aid of the um, of the planes and warships above they don't have that aid there so the fighter pilots and stuff none of that that's just the boats so i really did enjoy that because it created this tension you just knew that these guys were on their own so if a u-boat comes out of nowhere they're defending themselves pretty much um whilst i did have a convoy they weren't I guess equipped for what was going on. So that was the general setup and payoff there. And because um, Captain Scraus, or Krauss, sorry, played by Tom Hanks um, was relatively new to this, this was his first command. so he was sort of you know une- unexpectedly waiting for something to happen, but he didn't really know what was going to happen because he hasn't led this sort of chain of command. And I thought that aspect of the film was handled really well too. You really did understand the tension and the stakes. But what it was lacking was the character, which I'll get into a bit later. But for the most part, I thought that was really set up and and paid off quite well. Uh, Tom Hanks is a performer as well. Whilst his character is quite weak, I did enjoy Hanks' performance. It is not among uh, his best works for sure, but you can really see his passion for the story. And I thought he was really good in the role. He does carry a lot of the weight of this film on his shoulders. And I think for what he was given, he was really, you know, carrying... Uh, I I guess the gravitas of his performance with him, you could really feel, you know, it's Tom Hanks on set. There was really no other performer that stood out. I love Stephen Graham. He's in this film very briefly. I said that in my Irishman review, every time Stephen Graham shows up, he's fantastic, but he's only in this film very briefly. And I would have liked to have seen a little more of him. Uh, Even if he was like, you know, the right hand man in chain of command or something, it would just would have been cool to see a bit more of him. We don't really get to know any of the other characters. They're quite weak. So it's really just Tom uh, Tom Hanks and I thought that he was quite good in the film but a little more of him would have been good too. But I, I do think that um, he was utilised quite well. I think they played to Hanks' strengths which is really good. The pacing of the film too, uh, the film hits a breakneck speed and doesn't slow down. Uh, for this type of film, I think it worked really well. It feels appropriate for the type of story being told. However, I think a little more... Um, moments of levity especially in between the sequences there's a break there between the second and third act and it's literally just a couple of uh, i don't even think it's a minute i think it's like 50 seconds um essentially they just paid respects to those who have died i think 50 people die because their boat has been hit um and they put the um, bodies over the side in their coffins essentially just to you know bury them at sea which i don't know if that's how that works but um that's what they did in this uh, particular instance and I thought that, you know, more moments of that to add that tension and that drama and maybe let it sink in a little more would have been more effective. I think if this film was going to go for that Oscar crowd, which it obviously isn't because it's releasing in July, um, it would have needed a few more of those sequences. And I think that for the film to... You know, stand above the rest. Now, it's doing quite well critically. It's 81% on the tomato meter as I'm recording this review. And it's a 7.3 on IMDb. So, people are really enjoying this film. But I feel that, you know, a few more moments of levity would have really added to that tension and really added to the, you know, the overall emotional impact of the film. I would have cared more if I knew more about these characters if I got to see them interact a little more, um, we're not really given any any of that at all. There's a two minute sequence at the very start of the film uh, where Tom uh, Hanks—I keep going to call him Tom Cruise because I keep thinking of Spielberg—but whatever, um, Tom Hanks um, and Elizabeth Shue uh, in a train station, and she's wishing him, you know, good luck on his command, and he's saying he wants to marry her, and that's literally all the characterization we really get. He's a man of faith. He holds a Bible. He says grace before they eat during the film but that's literally all we really get so a few more moments of levity to add to the pacing because i thought the pacing worked really well for the action sequences but you know a few moments of levity sprinkled throughout that first act a bit more time spent between the second and third act and maybe a little bit more of a finality and conclusion because there's not really any of that we get a bit of a moment between elizabeth Shue and tom hanks thinking they probably got married i think that he's she looks like she's in um wedding garb and he looks like he is too but we don't get any of that we really don't and i keep calling them by their names because i had to google what his name was it's captain krauss didn't know and that's a bit of a shame i would have liked to have known who these people were because they are heroes but we're not really given any moments with them and that really does drag down the film for me but the pacing itself i thought was quite quite good uh the cinematography is done by Shelley johnson who i believe is the brother of joe johnson Uh, He did the cinematography for Captain America, the first Avenger, and the Wolfman. There are some really great shots in this film uh, of the battles and the vastness of the ocean that worked quite well for me. Uh, While some of the CGI doesn't hold up, which I will speak about in a second, the sweeping shots of the stormy overcast ocean sky and the ocean itself, and there's some nice shots above the cloud cover too where you can actually see the aurora borealis, the northern lights, and I thought that was quite pretty. Um, And those sequences were handled really well. And um, I think that Shelley Johnson did a really good job with the cinematography here. Um, The film does feel very polished and clean and that works into some of the CGI issues I had. I thought that the CGI in certain sequences really doesn't hold up, but in others it looks quite polished and, you know, really well done. So I think the inconsistencies there might've been, you know, a bit of a post-production issue, but Shelley Johnson does a really good job of making the film look um, quite fantastic and, Um, Yeah, I I thought the film looked really good. I watched it in 4K, and I thought the 4K um, transfer of the film, because that's what it is on Apple TV+, Plus, was really good. So I I was a big fan of that. Uh, The music as well. Composer Blake Neely, who is mostly known for television, he did the score for uh, You, I believe, and there was another one I saw on his filmography too. Um, But You is, I guess, the most known out of his works. I thought uh, Blake Neely did a really good job. Um, there's, you know, a really robust score. It feels very strong and um, really fits the the scenes of tension. It's not up to the standard of, you know, what Hans Zimmer was able to do with Dunkirk more recently or even what um, was able to be accomplished as well in 1917. I think Thomas Newman did the score for 1917. Um, but I thought that what they were able to do here with... Um, with that score was quite impressive still. Um, and it felt different. It felt unique. It didn't feel like something we'd heard before. It did have, a, you know, a few moments there that, you know, were were similar to one another, but I thought it was, you know, quite a robust score. And I mean that like in, in a positive sense. I just thought that the score really did work well um, with the tone of the film, the pace of the film, and really – the action sequences, it just felt like it belonged. So I thought that that's, you know, a really good compliment. It felt like it was natural. So I thought that um, Blake Neely did a really good job with the composition of the score. Now, I do have a few um, negatives which I've briefly touched on in other portions here, but we'll get stuck into it. The main one I had was the characters. The film is filled with weak characters. All we know about Captain Krauss, like I said, is what we're told he's a man of faith, he carries around a Bible, he says grace. Uh, this is his first command. We're told that because um, he Elizabeth Shue says it at the very start of the film and he says it at the end. Um, and he wants to marry Elizabeth Shue. That's all we really know. There's no emotional connection whatsoever. Another 20 to 30 minutes of screen time setting up the Greyhound crew, who um, who Krauss was as a person and his relationship with Elizabeth Shue would have gone a long way. Now, it feels like I'm you know trying to have my cake and eat it too here because I complain all the time about cliches in films. A lot of these things that you set up in a war film do play into that cliche nature, but seeing a film without any of it makes me realize that those cliches are a necessity. There's different ways to tell these cliches. You know, you don't have to do the classic, oh, I've got to go home. My wife's there with our three kids, and and um, yeah, I've been in the army for six years. I haven't seen them for a couple of years. Like, you don't need any of that as such, and if you are to have it, there's different ways of telling that, but... Um, here we're given literally none of it i don't know who any of these other characters are stephen graham's in it for a bit there's two young guys that i think are quite scared i honestly don't know they're not shown for great periods of time and when they are shown they're given very little to do now it is tom hanks's story and i get that but even his character is paper thin when really given nothing you know we we know that he's a man of faith like i said He's in love with Elizabeth Shue, and this is his first command. That's literally his character. There's nothing else. There's no moments. There's a couple moments where he's meant to be scared, I think. He has to make some tough decisions, and he questions himself a little. But that's me reading into it. We're really not given a lot there. A few more moments of that, you know, setting up his conflict. Maybe he makes a bad decision, have some levity with the story. They always do with these historical dramas. But here, there's really just not a lot of that given. Um, There's a sequence where um one of the uh boats in the convoy has been sunk and we can see the flame off in the distance which looked beautiful by the way it looked fantastic um and we're told that there's about 50 people in the water and he's like all right he, he makes the decision he pauses for a while and he's like all right but well, you do this you do this we're going to save these people then another explosion happens and a voice comes over the radio a german voice saying that you know we're sinking your ships blah 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 and he asked to change the channel he's like change the channel that's, you know, like the the depth of character we get. You know, that a guy, he, he, there's no emotional resonance at all with that. He gets a bit frustrated, but that's about it. And I thought, ah, oh, show us a bit more. Come on, show us a bit more. This is really not what I want in this movie. And the film's runtime as well, which is another issue I have. This is a 91-minute film with credits, and the credits go for 11 minutes. It is way too short for a war uh, epic. Uh, we barely have enough time to set up the characters, The action is great and well helmed but another 30 to 40 minutes would have really done wonders for this film i feel like an extra 30 minutes of character give us 15 minutes at the start instead of two minutes of him saying i love you elizabeth shoe i've got to go away on my first command bye i would have liked you know you know 20 minutes at the show his home life show show him going to church with elizabeth shoe show us some of that Give, give us some of that i don't care if it's cliched it would have helped just me care about these characters because I just don't. And it was just really difficult for me to form any kind of attachment with these people. And I just feel like, yeah, it it just kind of irritated me a little there. Um, And I feel like, you know, like I said, 30 to 40 minutes. This is a war epic that goes for an hour and 30 minutes. like, I don't know, give us more, give us more. Uh, The CGI as well, like I said, there are some dreadful night shots here. Uh, where obvious blue and green screens have been used to simulate uh, the ocean and the warfare. It really doesn't look good at all and feels like a straight-to-DVD film. It reminded me of that Nicolas Cage, Thomas uh, Jane film that came out a couple years ago called the USS, um, Min- uh, I can't remember, Indianapolis, it might have been. Um, it was a straight-to-DVD film that was you know geared towards more of a foreign uh, audience there um, and it only got a straight-to-DVD release here in Australia, but um, it really just looked terrible, that film, and some of these night shots reminded me a bit of that. Even some of the worse uh, um, Pirates of the Caribbean films, Dead Men Tell No Tales, in particular, there's some really questionable CGI in a film that cost 250 million dollars. And this film didn't cost nearly as much. I, I think the budget for this film is actually sitting around 60 million, which is quite impressive considering some of the things they pull off. But with an you know an hour and 20 minutes runtime, um, you would have expected that to be you know I don't know a, a bit more care taken with some of the special effects shots but some of them just look unpolished and especially at night time you can just see that it's obvious blue and green screen tom hanks is standing there there's a sequence when they have a brush up with another one of their boats um and the boat's coming past him and he's standing right on the the deck like he's really close to the other boat and you can just tell that he's standing in front of a, a green screen and i thought uh that looks really poor. You know, there's different ways to do that, especially framing at nighttime. I know that a lot of people shoot day for night and it happens quite a lot. Essentially what that means is that they use daytime photography and disguise it in editing as a night sequence. Um, It's done a couple times in most recent years. I remember uh, Knives Out does it a fair bit and it's quite noticeable. And here I feel like they did a bit of that, but it would have all been done on a green screen, so it could have been done better. Um, and because everything is so overcast and shadowy, they could have done a better job with it, and some of the CGI just looks really unpolished. Um, And like I said, the runtime, it's too short. Um, The verdict. Uh, Greyhound is anchored by a strong performance from uh, Tom Hanks and has a great uh, breakneck speed and thrilling action sequences. However, the short runtime, lack of characterization, and poor CGI in parts makes Greyhound fall apart from the war epic it so could have easily have been. Um, and I'm gonna give this one a six point five out of ten. I didn't hate it, and it sounds like I did hate it because of my rant there, but I just feel that especially Tom Hanks, who's been quite involved um, with, you know characters in in recent even just his whole career, like he's he's a very character driven actor. So for him not to include characterization in his film, it sort of just doesn't sit right for me and I I was expecting a little more. I love Tom Hanks, I really do, but here, yeah, it just wasn't fantastic and I would have liked just a little more, just a bit more of a runtime, just a bit more going on, you know, just establish these characters, more Stephen Graham because I fucking love Stephen Graham. Um, But yeah, just a little more would have really helped me resonate with this story. Um, But for the most part, I, I found it quite enjoyable and I did really... I liked the action set pieces and I liked the pace. I just would have liked a few moments of levity thrown in there too. And it would have really elevated the film to probably an eight or a nine for me because it was sitting there for a while. But then when I realized that the film was nearly over and I didn't know who our main character was, I was quite irritated. Um, But that brings this review to a close. So definitely check out Greyhound if you have the chance. Watch it on the biggest TV possible because it does look quite impressive. Um, It is available on Apple TV Plus now. Um, And check out some of my other reviews too, guys. I've done a review for The Old Guard recently, The Wretched, Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga, and the Sonic the Hedgehog film as well. And I'm going to be doing reviews coming up for Relic, um, the new uh, horror film um, that's premiered on Stan, which is really cool. The Vigil, which is the new Blumhouse film uh, distributed by Rialto Distribution here in Australia, which we'll be releasing in cinemas too. And I'll be having a review of Black Abyss... uh, Black... (laughs) Oh, my God. Black Water Abyss. That film, like, it destroyed the brain cells for me to process its name. That's how painful some of the aspects of that film are, which you'll have to listen to in my review because I won't be getting into that here. I'll have reviews as well for other films coming out. I'm catching up on some releases. There are some new releases popping up here and there too, which is really good and quite helpful for me to actually sit down and watch some of these films. So look forward to those coming at you shortly. And until next time, guys, peace out.